Hi everybody, you're listening to The Woke Podcast with Fox and Maya. Thanks for supporting the show. This is a show with adult content, so if you're not of legal age where you live, then turn off now. This podcast is about rope bondage. Rope bondage is edge play with inherent risk. We strongly recommend you get proper training and listen to our episode zero on safety and consent in rope before attempting it. Find it at the top of our FetLife page, Rope Podcast. Fox is a rigger and Maya is a bottom. We are long-term rope partners who live in Bangkok, Thailand. We love to share our passion for rope with the wider community. Today's episode is sponsored by you, our lovely listeners. Thank you so much for our patrons who make this podcast possible by supporting some of the costs. If you'd like to help us make more Rope Podcast episodes, please go to ropepodcast.com and visit our Patreon. Today, Maya, we're exploring the concept of damsel in distress in Rope. First of all, why damsel? Okay, great question. And we're actually going to start today's episode by noting that damsel in distress, by its very nature, is a gendered term. All right, let's get that out of the way at the start, and then we're not going to repeat it again throughout the episode. Yeah, it's important because, um, as Fox knows, I have mixed feelings about doing the episode because um, I don't want us to be non-inclusive, but we very much think that you can be a damsel in distress of any gender. Yeah. And there's no reason why you can't build your own uh, damsel in distress for a different um, gender, like Swain in distress. Sounds like a pig. Oh, oh, I see Swain. Yeah. Okay. Well, you've ruined that for everyone. So probably not that one. Um, you came up with In one. French, it would be damoiseau in distress, which is the boy version of a demoiselle. Okay, that's quite cool. That's right, more cool right. than the swine. Let's, let's be a damoiseau in distress if we are male identified. Okay. Um, you also came up with the quite delightful distressed dude. Yeah, distressed dude is more like, you know, for the cool guys out there. Yeah, I like that a lot. Um, so we are noting right at the start, this is a gendered term. Um, we are going to talk about it as that gendered term, but we don't feel that that means you need to be a particular gender yeah you can be whatever you want with whatever gender whatever bits you have or don't have you just go out and have fun we we give you permission and you can reenact this trope whatever gender you are so that being said um what is it yeah what is it (laughs) now we've given all those caveats so the damsel in distress this is from wiki which i think is um a useful starting point um is a recurring narrative device in which one or more men um, so ears prick up there for some people, must rescue a woman who has either been kidnapped or placed in general peril. So you can see already oh, the words so the, here, the princess, peril. The princess imprisoned at the top of the tower. Yes, exactly. Um, and it has a super long history. So you can look right back at the, the Greek and Roman myths um, to Perseus and Andromeda, so Andromeda is the chick who's chained to the rocks and the sea monster is going to eat her, but Andromeda comes and saves her, right? Yeah, exactly. She's in very much a damsel in distress and she has inspired a great deal of visuals. If you put in um, Perseus and Andromeda into um, Google, you'll come up with and, many and paintings. To go further into the great classics, that's also Princess Zelda. 
okay, so perhaps a bit more recently, yes, you have Zelda. She would be a very classic damsel in distress from a more recent time. And in Hollywood movies, this is a really common trope from, um, you know, black and white movies, silent movies mm. um, to now. So a character is in great distress and needs to be saved and is emoting that distress. Yeah, That's a big King part Kong. Of it, right? The Disney princesses, the I, early Disney princesses. I didn't realise the ape was in distress in King Kong. Well, I think I it's the ape that, that King Kong holds the princess in his hands, uh, or the woman in his it's hands. It's not King Kong that's the damsel in that case. It's my understanding, no. Okay. Um, you've also got some um, classics that will have got a lot of people into kink. So if you talk about Batman and Robin... Oh, so many people. Robin there is a male damsel in distress quite yeah. often. Yeah, and, and also Batman ends up tied up in some of the episodes in the live-action TV series. Okay. So many people quote the Batman live-action TV series as the first time they saw people tied up with rope and started having funny feelings down there. Yeah, um, and Scooby-Doo, also yeah. a very classic uh, yeah. Get Into Kink. My have is also that uh, James Bond movie, I think it's Casino Royale, where it's James Bond, the male hero, who's tied to a chair and he's quite a lot of testicular distress. <laughs> so in old James Bond movies, it is absolutely the damsel in distress. But what's interesting is with the modern remake of James Bond, they've really changed a lot of those tropes. And that's because mm. damsel in distress... Subverted the trope, in fact. Exactly, exactly, because... If you use the more classic damsel in distress trope now, audiences, critics are less excited about it. Mm. Um, and it feels tired. So you can see them, um, as you say, um, subverting mm -hmm. the trope uh, with things like Bond tied to the chair. Um, and also, uh, if you look at the Disney princesses now, yeah. they're much more likely to be the ones kicking butt and saving um, the prince. Mm. Okay, so how does all of that apply to kink? Okay, super great question. Uh, well done for making us more relevant to the actual podcast we're doing. Um, so what happened is that in Western bondage, now this is our understanding as we know it, we're not experts, we mm -hmm. know it. And if people have more information, we're open to it. Um, you have um, artists and photographers and uh, magazine editors like John Willey, Irving Claw, um, Robert Bishop. These are people who are influencing Western bondage, where the damsel in distress trope is actually a really core visual image of eroticism. Okay, and maybe that has to do with the emotional intensity of seeing a person in distress in a society that teaches us to protect certain types of people. And so when we see them in distress, it elicits a reaction, right? Mm, mm. And it's a really heavily fetishized trope. So Betty Page yes. um, is a really classic. There's a lot of damsel in distress images with her, although sometimes she is the aggressor. So she's tying mm -hmm. up another woman. Um, and if you look for damsel in distress on IMDb, yeah. there's like zillions of movies that relate to it. What about on FetLife? If you look on FetLife, there are 11,000 photos tagged. 11,000? Yeah, okay, that is a lot of photos. Yeah, so damsel in distress is uh, quite the popular tag. Um, mm -hmm. And even we have an erotica on the theme in episode 11. So one of our early uh, erotic... Yeah, Stories. if I recall, it was one of our uh, earlier patrons of the podcast on patreon.com who asked us to uh, look into the damsel in distress and we 
did uh, a mini episode just for the patrons yeah. and we made that erotica as well on that yeah. theme. So yeah. definitely one of the big tropes in rope. What would you say one finds inside that trope? Can you mm. unpack it a bit for us? Great question. So I think there is a certain type of feel Um, that this trope goes for. So we've we've touched on it a bit already. This idea of peril, distress, the um, swain or damsel. I can't say the French word. Say for me again. Damoiseau. Damoiseau. Tied to the train tracks and the trains coming. A much more sexy word, you know. (laughs) Um, Yeah, tied to the train track at the mercy of the captor. Um, Okay, so there's vulnerability, there's urgency. Helplessness. Helplessness, okay. Um, unable to resist. There's this concept of impending peril. So the train tracks are super classic damsel mm-hmm. in distress. Um, and often there's like moaning through a gag. Um, it has seemed to me by looking at a lot of the pictures and researching this that the eye contact is quite important for okay. damsel in distress. Because the eyes can communicate this urgency, this sense of danger, of peril and so on. Yeah, so there are some blindfolded damsels in distress, but it's much more typical to have a gag, mm-hmm. uh, some moaning and like the eye... <laughs> That was me doing the moaning. Ever had a gag in your mouth? Yeah. Um, so it's not the kind of um, beautiful suffering that we see in rope sometimes, but okay. this real idea the of serene stress. bliss face. Yeah. Yeah. Equally as acted. Okay, so yeah. we're more we're more in trouble with them than this person. Yeah. We're not we're not chilling. We're not beautifully suffering. We're like. In real trouble, trying to escape, trying to trying get out. to escape. Yeah, also that, and there is some a strong role play aspect to this when we play with it in fetishism. What kind of situations can we role play that are well adapted to damsel in distress situations? Um, so we any kind of prisoner captive situation, okay. uh, kidnapping, home invasion, bandits. Westerns, pirates, anything okay. where tied to the mast, tied to the mast, um, being on walking the plank. Okay, um, the that's vis- like that's like water plus damsel impending peril. Okay, yes, I can see that with the shark yeah, circling. Yeah, with the shark circling, exactly. Good and stuff. if um, people um, can know the site TV tropes, there's a whole trope which is bound and gagged, if which they, is essentially If they don't, they should get to know it. They should just, A, expect to spend a lot of time on it, it's and B, make sure they have a browser with little tabs on top so they can keep <laughs> 17 pages open at the same time. Um, I'm going to put a lot of links in this episode because I think this is a really interesting um, historical concept to explore especially this idea of how it's been uh, subverted hey guys this is fox coming in for a short break listeners like you make this podcast possible we want to continue making this podcast for you for a long time and to do that we need your support please go to ropepodcast.com to buy rope video lessons from experts so we get a small commission on your purchase at no extra cost to you in addition A really great way to help us is donating on Patreon. A one-time amount or a monthly pledge that can be as little as the cost of your morning coffee makes a big difference to us. And you will gain cool perks like behind-the-scenes photos and the ability to vote on future podcast topics. Go support us on ropepodcast.com because you love rope too. So, Fox, what kind of ties or rope might be involved in this kind of bondage? 
in general, we're going to be looking at something more simple. And part of the reason for that might be that TV productions, cinema productions didn't always hire a rigger to do that. So it might just be the rope <laughs> okay. or a piece of electrical oh, cable like twirled around the poor woman on the chair 17 times. It might not be the and prettiest. And then the uh, knot tucked into the back so you can't see it. Yeah, exactly. But to be fair, if we look at the very nice uh, art from uh, John Willie and so on, then it's, it's much more beautiful, it's much cleaner, but it remains simple wraps usually around the wrists, around the ankles, around the body. And as you said, very often a gag is present. Not usually made of rope, but more often made of cloth. Or in more recent examples, maybe a ball gag. Yeah, cloth, scarf, and tape. Oh, the tape over the mouth yeah, is a very big classic, for sure. Or, mm-hmm. or some kind of cleave gag, basically. Yeah, very often we have the person tied to something, much more so than in Japanese bondage, although Japanese bondage has hashiras and so on, but in the damsel in distress style, almost systematically, the person is tied to a chair, to a bed, to a piece of furniture. or a mast. Or to the train tracks. Yeah. Yeah. In terms of positions... A great classic of the damsel in distress trope is also the hog tie, with usually a lot of struggle and noise as the person tries to get out of the hog tie and finds it impossible. That's usually the narrative of it, or the erotic progression. Mm. And it seems that a lot of people are aroused by watching the struggle. Or be or being the person struggling. Or being the person struggling. But definitely there's even a subgenre of bondage porn and bondage erotica around the hog tie specifically. So I don't I don't think we've done an episode on hog ties yet. No. But essentially it's that position where you would be laying prone on your front and your legs are looped back behind you and your arms are tied behind as well. So you're sort of sort of in a banana shape on your stomach. When we had the Jake Wing on the podcast some episodes ago, I think he mentioned Damsel in Distress mm. and uh, the use of scarves. And yeah. he is someone who's very apt at introducing different accessories, different materials in his bondage and not using only ropes. So that's something that's uh, worth listening to again. Definitely. Maya, as a bottom, how is your experience of the Damsel in Distress style of bondage? Uh, I think it can be a lot of fun and very sexy. I like the restrained feeling. Um, there's a, a definitely um, a role play element to it um, and very strong power exchange element to it in terms of that kidnap feel, uh, being unable to move, being allowed to struggle a bit but not be, uh, not be able to actually get out. Um, and I think it's a very classic fantasy. So okay. uh, I think... As a woman, certainly of my age, maybe it's different now, but like um, I think growing up, I was more exposed to it. And some of the very classic um, erotica, like the Anne Rice's Beauty, she's quite often a damsel in distress. What happens to her in that story? Oh, everything. (laughs) All the things. She's uh, captured by a slaver. I mean, she tends to go willingly eventually into her... um, 
things that she's had, but she's definitely, there's a lot of abduction fantasy. Okay. Perpetual damsel in distress. Yeah. yeah, in lots of different ways, from pony play to um, being a statue and being used in all kinds of ways. So she um, goes from being a pony in distress to being a statue in distress. <laughs> she, there's a lot. In, there's a, It's a trilogy. There's a lot in there. But there were definitely a number of damsel in distress uh, tropes in that. Um, and I will also say that just because you're exposed to it a lot may or may not mean you like it. So I think for me, it has an erotic charge. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, as we always say, if you're interested in this, make sure that your partner in... Uh, rope is also okay with you um, enacting this kind of fantasy. Yeah, for sure. That's the kind of thing where you would discuss the intent beforehand, right? Yeah, because I think you can really enhance it through role play and uh, the the kind of interactions you have with each other. But obviously, if one person is on one page and the other is on a different page, then that's not going to Yeah, if two so people well. are doing different role plays in the same scene <laughs> at the same time, it can be weird. Like, Yeah, yeah. I, um, I'm, I'm doing the home invasion as the top and the, the bottom thinks she's the Smurfette. <laughs> usually, I mean, I guess the Smurf village gets home invaded all the time by Gargamel. But okay, it really does. You would have to like get your things... There's a size differential that might be challenging. Yeah, I mean, giant and giantess play also a very... Okay, and the top perspective on damsel in distress? (laughs) It can be really fun uh, on the creative side, whereas you might be trying to recreate the classic style from reference photos or reference drawings uh, from the previous century, or you can try to innovate within that style as well. So I think there's a lot of space to express creativity in the damsel in distress style. And we see it less often than we see Japanese-inspired rope pictures. Mm -hmm. So you have a bit more space for originality maybe in that. The ties tend to be pretty easy. Even if you're beginning as a rigger, you might find it's easier to find success in this style than in some more elaborate ones. Uh, and honestly, when you see some of the terrible, terrible bondage on some of the TV shows, <laughs> it will be really easy for you to do better at home and to look great by comparison. Like, look, sweetie, that's what the bondage looked like on Lois and Clark episode 17. <laughs> and that's what we did last night. Doesn't it look amazing? Uh, a thing to keep in mind, if you are intending sexual play, the type of positions are not usually the most convenient, practical uh, for sexual play, in particular if you want to include genital penetration. There's usually not a lot of access because the person being tied usually has their legs tied tightly together, not very open at all, and is tied to something. And I don't know if you've ever tried to <laughs> fuck someone who's tied to a railroad track, but not, it's no. extremely impractical. No. <laughs> Plus, you know, the tracks can be cold, like they're uncomfortable to lie on. So <laughs> if you're looking for bedroom bondage, damsel in distress might not be your go-to. No, or you would have to create around it. So one thing we've done is 
the hogtie position, but mm-hmm. with legs apart. So ankles together, yeah. legs apart. Yeah. And then depending on flexibility, you've got stuff to play with, as it were. You would have to modify it like that, or you can find some types of vibrator that you can wedge in there before the fact, and you can then remote activate or whatever. But yeah, it's the, the sexual angle is a little bit more difficult to figure out with this one. It's more in the area of creativity, fun, role play, and so on, and can be a great foreplay to mm, something else yeah and the visuals are really sexy to look at later mm, absolutely um so it it's a bit of a team effort um is what i'm hearing this idea of both creating the feeling mm-hmm. between you like agreeing on it in the first place obviously negotiating making sure that you've got consent to do what you want to do agreeing what the intent is yeah. of the um interaction setting the mood oh we meet again dr bond <laughs> bond um and then also if you're going to put the person in peril for a long time fake or real or imagined yeah um just make sure you have a com- a position at the bottom can sustain oh and great point if you're going to be role-playing peril and you happen to be credible as an actor the neighbors might very well call the cops on you right okay great right. safety tip there when you're screaming save me save me someone is probably going to break down the door and try to save you so maybe be careful about that oh the meta right <laughs> okay sometimes your fantasies are too successful yeah yeah i can see that so today fox we've explored the trope damsel in distress uh in rock bondage mm-hmm. uh, which has deep and notably gendered roots in narrative Um, But we hope that playing with it in the kink context gives us methods of uh, perverting that trope in all of the different ways. Yeah, and reclaiming it in ways it might not have been used historically. So taking it outside the mainstream um, and using it in a way that works for us. Mm -hmm. Uh, We've looked at some of the role role plays that you can do in rope um, and some of the ways that the trope has been played out in rope, in feel, in look in accessories, in type of roles, um, and its role as a fetish. Um, And we've also covered some thoughts from both of us in terms of a top and a bottom, in terms of the kind of scene and how you might be able to play with it in your rope. Yeah, and if our dear listeners enjoy the damsel in distress trope, they can definitely leave us a comment on this episode and let us know why they like it, what kind of play they do with it, and so on. Yeah, we'd love to hear um, how they play with the trope. So that's all from us at The Rope Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from. And also come friend us on our FetLife page, Rope Podcast. Follow us on Instagram, where our name is also Rope Podcast. If you have a question related to rope, we'd love to answer it in one of our future episodes. Drop us a message on FetLife or Instagram. If you like this podcast and would enjoy more episodes, find all the ways to support us on our website, ropepodcast.com. In particular, please consider supporting us directly on our Patreon page. Thanks for listening. And have fun tying.